Zakia Boone is the CEO of a nonprofit childcare program in Philadelphia. It's called Wonderspring. Lately, Zakia, along with the rest of the industry, has been facing a big problem. She can't find enough teachers. Right now, we have 114 teachers on staff. We need 150. Zakia is getting desperate, so much so that she's been handing out business cards to anyone who impresses her at public schools, at drive throughs even to a substitute teacher while he was working a side gig. I was at a comedy show, and the comedian who was on stage was telling jokes about being a teacher and the challenges of being a teacher, and that he was saying that he didn't have, even after dealing with all of that, he didn't have any health care benefits. I interrupted the show and said, excuse me, I don't mean to interrupt your show, but this is not the joke part. I'm hiring teachers. Please call me after the show. And I passed him my business card on the stage. He saw me after the show, interviewed him the following week, and he just started at Wonder Spring this week. Wow, that is wild. (laughs) We are doing everything we can in order to get what we need from people's children. Pretty much every sector of the economy is experiencing a labor shortage nowadays. Restaurants can't find wait staff. Hospitals are short on nurses. Trucking companies need more drivers. But in the childcare industry, the problem is especially bad. And that has big implications for working parents and the employers who want to hire them. Childcare is essential for the labor market. I mean, it's, you know, what enables families that have two working parents to participate full-time at their jobs and, you know, advance their careers. And and right now it's proving to be a drag on the economy because not everyone who wants childcare is able to find it right now. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Wednesday, November 10th. Coming up on the show, why the childcare industry is in a staffing crisis, and what it means for the rest of the economy. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. Wonderspring has five locations and serves hundreds of kids, from infant care to after-school programs. And its CEO, Zakia, says that she's struggled to find childcare workers for years, even before the current labor shortage that's hitting the entire U.S. economy. It's always been very difficult to find staff in this industry. I am always hiring. Always, 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 never fully staffed, always hiring, because largely childcare is always understaffed. It's always understaffed because the job doesn't pay very well. Childcare is very expensive. It is very expensive, but it is very expensive to provide. Right now at Wonderspring, we're closer to 70% of our income go to labor. In most industries, you're looking at 20, maybe 30% of your income is going to labor. 
the business model in childcare, unlike any other industry, doesn't allow us to just pay higher wages. The only way childcare programs can afford to pay higher wages is if we earn more revenue. Our colleague Chris Marr has been looking into the business of childcare. Across the industry, I've heard estimates of between 60 and 80 percent of the expenses that a provider has would be labor costs. One reason the cost of labor is so high is because there are legal limits on the number of children that each employee can look after. Depending on the age of the child, you're going to have a different ratio for how many teachers you need to have in the room. The toughest ratio from the provider's perspective is is in an infant care room where in Pennsylvania it's four infants to one teacher. So a room of eight would have to have two teachers. For child care centers, that means two salaries and two sets of benefits with just eight families paying tuition. And those two teachers are responsible for a lot. I went into an infant care room and there were, I believe, eight children there. Two or three were in the crib fast asleep, but the rest were needing their noses wiped, they needed their bottles, they were crawling around. And it just takes a lot of attention to keep an eye on them. And, And also, it's not just... I guess in the industry, they would say it's not just custodial care. You know, they're not just there to be in the room with them. They're really trying to provide a learning experience. They're trying to interact with the children at the very youngest ages, just communicating with them through the day and um, helping them develop learning skills in addition to beginning to educate them as well. Child care centers like Wonderspring are trying to hire people capable of all of that and who are also willing to accept a lower salary. It's a tough task even in the best of times, but recently, it's gotten a whole lot tougher. When the pandemic hit Philadelphia, Wonderspring closed and went virtual. We closed down like everyone else, like everyone was was home, and we shifted to completely remote operations. So we were engaging with children and families virtually over Zoom to the extent possible. Um, We did that for three months, so March, April, May, and we reopened at the end of June. When Wonderspring reopened, just about all of its teachers came back to work. But after a few months, they started quitting. Last winter, January, February of 2021, we started to see here and there teachers resigning for jobs with higher pay. Hmm. Chris says that childcare workers across the country are quitting and moving on to higher paying jobs. As consumer demand for everything from food to travel to retail goods has surged, businesses across the economy are competing for workers, and they can offer a lot more. It seems to be that with the labor market across the United States the way it is right now, other employers are having to offer far more. You know, they're offering $15 to $20 an hour. I heard a few anecdotes in the Philadelphia area where a worker actually left one of the providers I spoke to and went to Amazon and was earning $20 an hour and had a $1,000 signing bonus. There was even an ad for a local crossing guard at a a nearby suburb, which was paying $23.30 an hour. And that was, you know, they were offering 20 hours a week, which is pretty good for some of these jobs as well. In Pennsylvania, where Wonderspring is, the average childcare worker gets paid a little over $10 an hour. Our biggest competitors right now, quite frankly, are Amazon and Target. Teachers leave us, they go to Amazon, they make $24 an hour, they get a $4,000 signing bonus. Target, they make $17 an hour with a high school diploma. So those are our biggest competitors. Retail 
is our biggest competitor right now. Had this ever happened to you before in your career where you were losing teachers to higher paying jobs in retail? Never. And it's just because there are higher wages at places like Target and Amazon? And easier and easier. It's very easy to go and scan at the checkout at Target versus diapering, keeping records, learning the curriculum, monitoring the children, taking care of their boo-boos, communicating with families, writing lesson plans, conducting formal assessments, parent-teacher conferences. Shall I go on? But I suppose you also can't do things like eliminate background checks, which is something that some businesses do. So here's the thing. If you had a child, you'd probably want to know the criminal background of the person teaching your child. You would probably want to know if they had previously been in jail as a serial killer. (laughs) You would probably (laughs) want to know that. So it is illegal for us to do that. So I'm not willing to go to jail for violating those under any circumstances. But moreover, parents are unwilling to accept that because they want their children in safe environments with safe, qualified staff. For Zakia, this combination of regulation, parents' expectations, and the unique economics of her industry has left her without a whole lot of options. But that doesn't mean she's giving up. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Canva. It's time to ditch your old presentation programs at work and try Canva presentations instead. It'll help you create stunning slides in no time. No design experience needed. Just start with one of the designer-made templates or generate something in seconds with AI. Then polish it up and get ready to wow your audience. It's that easy. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Tap the banner to learn more. To solve the staffing shortage, everyone at Wonderspring has had to go on the offensive. The entire staff is now engaged in building relationships in the community, driving referrals, even sometimes helping to screen and interview teachers just to try and speed up the onboarding process if we find someone. That's not normal. I normally would not need to be engaged as the CEO in the hiring process. I'm out here recruiting teachers too. Everybody, it's all hands on deck because it's such a desperate situation. It's desperate enough that this fall, Zakia says she tried something she would have never considered pre-pandemic. She raised tuition so that she could pay her teachers more. We did increase the tuition by 10%, and families were hitting the roof. Oh my gosh, you're increasing the tuition 10%. We can't take it. We actually lost a few families, unfortunately, because they just couldn't bear the tuition increase. Mm -hmm. Heaven help them if they have two or three children in care. Families just cannot afford that. So when I say, like, we can't charge families anymore, they can't pay it. I mean, we could charge them, but it does us no good for the the price to be $5,000 a week if nobody's paying it. 
Increasing tuition was hard, but Zakia says it allowed her to raise wages. Assistant teachers got a $2 raise to $13 an hour. And for new hires, she started offering a $2,000 signing bonus. But it didn't seem to be making much difference. We have not even had an increased number of applicants. Because it's not just that we aren't hiring staff at all. We are not even getting the volume of applicants, which is a really scary indicator of how few people are even interested in doing this job anymore. It used to be we, we might get 20 applicants per job. Half of them would be unqualified, but at least we were getting 20 applicants. We're getting maybe two, maybe two applicants per job, and that's over a 30-day period. At the same time, Wonderspring keeps losing the teachers it does have. What do those teachers say to you when they come tell you that they're going to take this other job? Zakia, I love it here. We love Wonderspring, but we've got to be able to feed our families. The cost of everything is going up. We can't afford to continue to work on this wage when we've got a family to feed. I have to respect that. I mean, it stinks for us. It stinks for the kids. But I have to, I can understand and certainly respect that. Zakia says the only way she can see an end to the labor shortage is if the government steps in and helps pay workers enough to offer competitive wages. The Biden administration's proposed social spending bill would allocate $390 billion over six years to subsidize early childhood care. But the bill is stalled in Congress. Even if the proposal passes, though, it will have come too late for some child care centers. Our colleague Chris says that many centers have not survived the pandemic and subsequent labor crunch. In Pennsylvania, since about March of 2020, about 1,000 providers closed their doors. There have been others that have opened, about 700. And, but the thing is, the ones that have reopened and the ones that continue to operate are operating at much lower capacity. So they don't have as many children in their classrooms. And also they've cut down on the number of hours. So we do have fewer providers, and even the ones that are operating still are not operating the same level of services. Wonderspring is among those child care providers that's had to reduce capacity. One of its newest centers can normally handle 123 children when fully staffed. But right now, it can only accommodate 25. And that means that a lot of children are on waiting lists. So we have hundreds in the neighborhood of 300, actually, um, across the organization, families on wait lists until we are able to secure enough staff to open up classrooms and bring them on board. Have you ever had a wait list with upwards of 300 people on it? Never. How, how does it feel to have that many people that you're not able to serve? It literally keeps me up at night. Sometimes it brings me to tears. Zakia's struggle to find workers isn't unique. Employers across the economy are feeling the same way she feels now. But what is unique is that until she solves her labor problem, other industries are going to have a tough time solving theirs. Let's say I do get a job in a supply chain company, and, and I am now a truck driver. If I don't have anybody to watch my child, how am I going to go drive this truck? How am I going to go be a nurse in a hospital if I don't have anybody to watch my child? How am I going to go do any job that requires me to physically be there if I don't have anyone to watch my child? So it is a trickle-down effect. If folks don't have childcare, they can't go back to work.
That's all for today, Wednesday, November 10th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like the show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.